everybody, it's Dave here and the great, wonderful Flip Mozzie over there. We are inside the two minutes, two-minute warning to be exact. Game's on the TV. We are waiting to come out of the two-minute warning. We are here together to watch the end of the first win of the Viking season against our dreaded rivals, the Green Bay Packers. Gotta love it. How you doing, Flip? Hey, you said it, man. It's in the books. Almost. It's almost in the books. But no matter what, we're going to talk about the game. It looks like this one is about wrapped up. Slapped Aaron Rodgers all over the field today. So let's do it. Let's do the damn thing. Let's do it now. We're inside two minutes. Win or lose. Join us on Climbing the Pockets, the final score. And they just handed off to Dalvin Cook for about minus three yards. Looks like they're trying to run out the clock. A minute 43, 42 left in the we game. We got the ball. We got Packers the ball. Got no timeouts. Justin Jefferson, Osborne are both on the sidelines. We're Kevin up o- by 16. Mm-hmm. Kevin I don't O'Connell's even remember. asking the referee what he's having for supper tonight. And. I am going to switch to three people because our third one just joined the show. I don't even remember the Packers touchdown. It's a thing (laughs) of the past. It's a thing of the past. Not even close, Green Bay. Go back to Wisconsin. (laughs) And our third person in this wonderful post-game party is Tanishka Maskar. Of climbing the pocket and zone coverage. How are you doing today, Tanishka? Great. Haven't been better. That was probably one of the most fun games that I've seen watched since like 2017. Like honestly. That was it, insane. It was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Justin Jefferson set a record in the first half with 158 yards. That is the most by any receiver in Vikings history. More than Randy Moss, more than Chris Carter, more than Anthony Carter, more than Jake Reed, more than anybody. Y'all, we got to do highlights. We and, and it starts with Justin Jefferson, right? It's um, it's got it, It's amazing mm-hmm. to come in to this game. I think the Green Bay Packers were the third best defense, projected to be the third best defense in the NFL this okay, season right. per PFF. Uh, a, a great front seven, a front seven that includes Kenny Clark, you know, mm-hmm. Rashawn Gary, uh, just a, a, a Preston Smith, a ton of players up front. And we've got Garrett Grab- Bradbury still in the middle. We've got Ed Ingram making his first NFL start today. And nobody really knew 
whether it was going to be a problem. It looks like it was going to be a problem in the run game with Dalvin Cook having a slow start. But what it comes down to is they could just could not stop Justin Jefferson. So much has been made in Wisconsin about Eric Stokes, about, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> about these this great defense and the cornerbacks that they have. And it doesn't matter when you have the best receiver in the NFL on your team. He did it all. He was all we needed. And we started the game hot because Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson were just unstoppable together. He's going to break that 220-yard mark at this rate. Amazing. Mary said it best. Congratulations to Kevin O'Connell on the first win, but... I just I don't have any adjectives left to say about Justin Jefferson. So what do y'all think? Insane. Like you you can do anything and you won't stop him. And this was true when we had Mike Zimmer at head coach, but now with Kevin O'Connell being the brilliant offensive mind that he is and him scheming him in more ways, like there's nothing left to do. I mean, I remember I saw like at the beginning of the game, Quay Walker ended up covering him and then there were the two safeties were on him. Um, so even if the Packers like did want to let Jair shadow him, it wouldn't matter anyway because he would still catch it. But um, there they had nothing left to do. Like Kevin O'Connell was always just one step ahead of Green Bay. I don't believe it. They pulled Aaron Rodgers. In the they last got, 30 seconds, they got uh, 50 seconds. In the the they pulled Aaron they Rodgers. They, they decided he needed to get a second haircut after that. What What? what, what do you what, call that? I understand the high and the tight. I don't understand the long on top and the flip over, almost like a bad comb over type deal. That awesome. haircut ain't working for a 39-year-old, Aaron. hate to oh. break it to you. Trying to look like you're 22. <laughs> somebody was like is a good thing he got a haircut because if not he was going to be pulling his hairs out anyway with the team around him <laughs> oh there was a clip that came out at the end of the first half of how pissed he was yeah was during so the first half and it was clip after clip after clip after clip after clip and it's absolutely the wonderful first, the very first one with the 75 yard touchdown drop by watson that was just hilarious too and it mm-hmm. just kept going up from there yep 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 now Congratulations continue with the man in the middle. He is now unavailable, women. You have lost him. Congratulations on the wedding, Flip Mazze. Yeah, the honeymoon yeah. continues. I'm still on my honeymoon with this this Vikings win over the hated Green Bay Packers. <laughs> so thank you, Dave. Our coach is fired up. Our GM is fired up. All the new players, all the old players. It was... You know, it was really good to watch that defense, some of the old names, Harrison Smith, Mm -hmm. in a completely new role, but dominating. Yes. Able to come up to the line of the scrimmage and just recognize his play recognition was just exceptional this game in order in in, in able to make those plays. And it goes for Daniil Hunter. It goes for Eric Kendricks. Um, The honeymoon continues, man. We're, We're ecstatic. The wife has made some short ribs, just like Greg Joseph. She does not miss when it comes to the cooking. So we we're gonna we won that game. We're gonna eat well tonight too. Skull Vikes, Skull As Vikings. And by the way, it is final. The Vikings win twenty three to seven to win the first game and are tied at the top of the NFC North. 
Well, actually, by points scored against, they'd be. We're tied with the Chicago Bears. Of the Chicago Bears. But that it's just today was so much fun, especially that first half. There was moments in the second half that seemed like retro last year, but it just it was. Justin Jefferson got open so many times he couldn't be covered, and it was just it, it was so fun to watch. And we haven't had that excitement like Tanishka said since 2017. And I think Tanishka just froze up. Um, hopefully she comes back. <laughs> so who's the other highlight, Dave? If, if besides it's JJ, not, be, besides JJ, oh, who's your number two? Oh, that Look, defensive front even, line, we had, what, four sacks? Yeah. Four sacks day? by four different people. Mm-hmm. Of course, DJ Wanham was the cleanup sack. Um, Dalvin Cook had a good day, 90 yards. So uh, We held big, Aaron Rodgers to seven points, but I think Ken is right. You have to give the credit to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins did extremely well. Let's read his stats. Final stats. 23 for 32, 277 yards, an 8.7 yard per game average, uh, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. He had uh, one sack on eight pressures and eight pressures. That's low. That's lower than we're used to. (laughs) And uh, 118.9 QB rating. Ah, Kirk had a good game. Kirk on the one throw. It was, I want to say, the deep one to Jeff Jefferson. What did he do? He climbed the pocket, and he <laughs> launched that baby. And that was, a, I think, a 60-yard play. That was absolutely I mean, he did a do. lot. That was his play. He changed the play at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. He did everything on that play. And I, I'm going to be honest, I drink four whiskeys a game, so I don't remember every game like the back of my hand. But I do not remember Kirk Cousins audibling into a 64-yard strike like that, like uh-huh. he did today, climbing the pocket. It just he he saw the defense. He called the play for his primary target, and then he executed it perfectly, which is just so rare for Kirk Cousins uh-huh. to just take control like that and be mistake free he's done it before but he's never done it while throwing for this many yards and all the one person like adam thielen didn't have a big game Irv smith jr didn't have a big game dalvin cook didn't have a big game we scored 23 points today just with kirk cousins and justin jefferson that that's why vikings fans are so excited right now because it's like what happens when they're able to add on all these other layers Kanae Wangu didn't even have a snap today. Tyson Chandler didn't even have a snap today. Jalen Rieger didn't even have to return a punt, you know, past 10 yards. We we had none of that upside showing. This is just basic Vikings, exactly what we plan to do. It makes you feel like we can beat anybody in the league just because we have Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. And that first name is really important here. Kirk yeah. Cousins fought out today. He did. Mm-hmm. I like didn't remember um, the first catch that Thielen had because that might have been on the opening drive, and then like in the middle of like the third quarter, I I literally just realized that I hadn't seen Thielen all game, and that was like when the offense was stalling. But it was actually good to see that next drive they went to Thielen like twice, and he had that big gain like almost near midfield. So 
Um, I think that like if you can win with just Kirk and Justin, I mean, I don't mind. I love seeing both of them, but um, like especially with some of the other teams that they do play eventually. I mean, the Packers are a really good defense in their own right, but um, there's going to be weeks where you do need Thielen to have a better, bigger game. So, but I know that they have all of those guys that can step up when they need to. So that just makes, like, like Flip said, there's so many more layers to the offense that um, just makes it even scarier for opponents because they've definitely not seen everything that Kevin O'Connell can do with the other guys too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Let Let's talk lowlights real quick. Well, but first, were, I want to answer a question. Oh, go for it. Um, yeah. It was asked, I'm trying to find it real quick, and I'm missing it. When was the last time the Vikings held an opponent to one score? I just looked it up real quick, and I don't know if it's one score or two field goals, but it was September 29th of 2019 against the Chicago Bears. The Vikings won 16-6. Wow. to Wow. Every game after that, the opponent scored at least – more than seven points, right? That's, or more than eight points. It's yeah. at least two scores. Mm-hmm. That's really right. impressive just for Ed Donatell as his first game as defensive coordinator here. And also, like, I know the Packers had a lot of issues on offense with, like, weapons and the line. But, I mean, it's still Aaron Rodgers. So, like, that in its own right is, like, um, Aaron Rodgers with, like, basically nobody's is still – has potential to be a top 10 offense just because of how good he is. So to see that, that was really, really exciting. And I think next week, um, I mean, the QB gets much worse, but the team around the QB, like with the Philadelphia Eagles, that team is incredible. So that's going to be a test too. And that's like a totally different kind of game plan. So that'll be cool to see. Mm-hmm. Low lights. Dave, okay. what do you think about the low lights? Clifford's talking about them. Uh, to me, it was uh, – the right you get flag. one. You you get one. What is your low light? The right like, flat. Whether it's a pass or whether it's a run to that right edge, the <laughs> Packers were tearing it up all day. Yeah, they had a lot of success with their tight ends and their running backs getting into that flat. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm not sure. I feel like that's kind of by design. That's that well, might it may be, be but it needs to be stopped. Okay. Well, Dave's not having it. He wants. He wants I want to perfection. shut out. Hey. Yeah. They they had defensive ends in there. It was generally one of them. Uh, sometimes Jones, but those guys need to hold the edge. That's their job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tanishka, what do you think? <laughs> What's your low light? Preston over five hundred for the first time in like nine hundred <laughs> well, days. I mean, this was only, like, present initially in the game. I I think um, the interior, like, the rights, like, with Bradbury and Ingram, that was kind of a low light just because I think Ingram will probably be accredited with both of those sacks. But, I mean, also, it was his first game in the NFL. I mean, he still is a rookie. And going against Kenny Clark, that's no easy task. So I hope he kind of got his rookie moments or at least some of them out of the way this week and will learn from them because next week you got, like, Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox, so it doesn't really get easier. Um, but I guess that was one of the lowlights, although I thought the offensive line overall did hold up really well. I didn't really notice Bradbury himself messing up as much as I had expected to notice. Um, I so I thought once, that was nice. That was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and hopefully Ingram, that is his rookie, come to mm-hmm. you know learn. Hey. And it's, it is well, not against who he was playing against. So... 
And there's my, a lot of times I watched one when that one when Bradbury gave it up. Ingram had his guy locked in and nowhere near that point. So it's there's good and bad and there's very much teaching moments. But as a whole, like I said, looking at the stats, eight pressures. Eight pressures in a game is a low number. So yeah. overall, the offensive line did extremely well. Mm-hmm. Well, my low light is we got oh, – oh, no, I'm going this way. We got Oops. we got Tyler. I see that. I have We got Tyler it. here. We got it's producer Jonas Dave working it. We got Jonas here. Come on, <laughs> man. It's like Monday Night Football. No, my actual low light is uh, is Jordan Hicks. Uh, a lot of plays where I just I didn't see what we were expecting out of get to out of that veteran. You know, somebody yeah. who can help us with that run defense. I think Dalvin Tomlinson, Harrison Phillips, both affected both phases of the game. You know, as new acquisitions, but Jordan Hicks. I know it's a two-year contract there, but I'm going to be honest, based on what we saw in the preseason, two to three games before I'm like, yo, 58 has got to get out of there, and we need to see what number 33 has, you know, with so many rookies active today. Mm-hmm. I think Jordan Hicks could have been a lot better. A lot of missed tackles is, a, is a really what I'm worried about, and just play recognition. You're a veteran. You need to see that coming, and I, I don't think he made an impact like he should have today. But how much of that is that, and I don't disregard your observations. I saw them too. But how much of traditionally on week one games are sloppy, and especially when none of the starters or very few of them played in the preseason. So they're all rusty, coming to get back their sea legs, their in-football shape type stuff. How, How much of that? do you expect to continue versus them getting, all right, yeah, I'm back in football mode. This won't happen again. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to overreact, but I feel like that excuse is kind of bullshit because you could have you could have started Oli Udo at right guard. You could have said, hey, Ed Ingram needs some time. But look what you haven't said. And Ed Ingram played today. He didn't do great. He struggled. You know, he had his moments where it was really tough. But he still won the game. You know, he's still part of winning football. And he has that experience to rely back on and improve from against really good competition. And you can give that same competition to Brian Asamoa. You can give that same competition to Andrew Booth and Lewis Seen eventually when their name is called. So Jordan Hicks better have his name on notice because... I I don't expect that from a veteran. I expect him to start week one great, and we did not see greatness from him today. Mm-hmm. I'll buy off on that. That could be a low light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I mean, if that's a low light, then, I mean, it really was a good game because that's yeah. like nitpicking. Like, he definitely could be better. I'm totally with you on that. But if that's like one of the few things to talk about as a low light, then I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, and we are. Um, next, speed round and questions. Do either of you have any questions, and do any of the viewers have any questions of us? Start posting. I have. We have questions in the comments. If you have questions, please, Freddie, Steve, Mary, everybody, ask us the questions because we're going to answer them. 
I'm going to start off with a question for Tanishka. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much did that Christian Watson drop affect the game? So much, because what we were up 7-0 up at that point. If he catches it, he walks into the end zone at 7-7, and that in itself was such a mental momentum killer, too, because you could just see it on Rodgers' face. He, He gets really frustrated, which is funny, but like that affects him too. And he didn't target Watson at all for the rest of the game until maybe the fourth quarter. I think it was, he had like one other catch. So, and then there's the other aspect of it. Oh, Watson's a rookie. He dropped it. Maybe like Romeo dubs, the other rookie. If I target him, is he going to drop it too? Like all of that just like comes together. And I mean, the game was never tied. We were leading the entire way. So that would have changed everything. He's so pouty. He's so pouty about it. (laughs) He can't, he can't even just move on. He's got to be a little call the ambulance because Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is like just crying. He's asking for penalties. You got to throw the ball to him again. And I actually think that for a rookie like Christian Watson, you know, we just did it with Jalen Rigger. Give me two years and we can trade for Christian Watson too, because he doesn't deserve to be treated like that by that pouty bitch Aaron Rodgers. He made (laughs) one mistake on his first play, and you're going to punish him for that. So I just love how badly Aaron Rodgers reacted to that. He's such a pouty bitch. We do have a question here from Sean Ickard. Do you think giving Madison more snaps to make him more visible to trade partners? Or that they were giving him that? I don't. I actually – I thought Madison had a really good day, actually. Um, I've usually been pretty tough on him, but he was really productive. Um, But I think they're trying to do more of a rotation instead of just making Cook the workhorse, like 30 touches a game kind of thing, which I think is going to be really good for Cook. We might actually have him for a full season. And especially, like, down the stretch later when we get into, like, late November, early December, you need Cook – the healthiest he is. And I feel like I th- I'm not exactly sure, but I think every year that cook's gotten hurt, he's missed like those types of games, like near the end of the season. And, um, uh, I think the rotation should definitely help. And I'm not sure it's anything about a trade because if it was, I feel like they would have given Kane a couple snaps and maybe Ty Chandler would have been active because if you want to trade Madison, you got to be sure that Kane and Chandler can replace that production. But I don't think they're looking there at all. Right, and for the stats, Dalvin had 20 carries for 90 yards, and Alexander Madison had 8 carries for 36. They both averaged 4.5 yards per carry. Um, I thought they did great. I thought it was a good thing. And it's one of those tapes that Alexander Madison can show his new daughter when it comes down 20 <laughs> years from now. You know, great This story. is how I celebrated your birth. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a moment where everyone wanted to see Alex Mad- Madison traded. Tanishka caught some slack from the source for it. You know, Alex Madison ain't going nowhere, and he showed it today. Same yards per carry, just like Dave said. It's it's actually pretty awesome to see a game where Dalvin Cook is held to only twenty carries in a game where we led throughout that. Never happened in the Mike Zimmer right. era. Never happened. Yeah, we would have been in the second Alex half Madison. doing nothing. Yeah. Handing off to Dalvin. Dalvin Cook would have had 33 carries, which was his old <laughs> jersey number, if this was a Mike Zimmer game. So really happy to see Alex Madison step up. 
We didn't need Kenne. We didn't need Ty Chandler. Maybe if we need some more pass catching out of the backfield in a tighter game, maybe when we're down by seven, ten points later on in the season, we can see more of the switch up. Um, but Alex Madison aced his role today, and he deserves to be kept throughout the trade deadline because of that. What's the next question? Next question comes from Freddie. What grade would you give Wes Phillips today? Our offensive coordinator from up in the booth. That's tough. I mean, I want to say A just because it was a great day. But, um, I mean, I could be super nitpicky here because there's not a lot to nitpick in general. But, um, I mean, 23 points, like, is is fine. It's, like, average, I guess. And the Green Bay defense is supposed to be, like, really, really good. But um, I think just the only thing that I wish they would do is just get more people involved. Like, I feel like Adam, other than that one drive in the third quarter and the first catch he had in that opening drive, I don't think I, like, saw him once. And, I mean, I'm sure even if he's getting, like, shut down by the corners he's going against, I'm sure Kevin O'Connell can scheme him open because that's what he's really good at. So um, I think it would be nice. It'll it'd just be harder on defenses if they got more players involved. But – at the same time, I guess you don't really need to do that if you're winning with just what you're doing. So I guess if it's not broke, don't break it. <laughs> well, yeah. and I think I think Adam will get more involved depending on how other teams approach guarding Justin Jefferson. I fully expected to be have Justin Jefferson doubled up today, and that didn't happen. Oh. Or at least if it did, it, they, he didn't make it look like it and once you start doing that, that it's, that's going to open up Thielen all even further and Osborne and Irv and Munt and Ellison. Uh, speaking of the tight ends, all three of them caught balls today. Um, however, or no, I should. I no, Irv. Irv dropped his second yeah. attempt. Yeah. So. Are, you thinking, are you thinking of C.J. Ham, Dave? Well, C.J. Ham got his check down, too. Did. Emergency check down. That was. Yeah. Uh, that I didn't was see really who let that effort. guy through, and it was obvious a screen, but it was it was way too early, and you know Kirk was like, oh, and CJ got that one. I thought Kirk had I a pretty would. good on that, on that note, though. Like, I, there wasn't a moment. Like, I feel like usually, at least a couple times a game, I go, "What are you doing?" Like, I'm just yelling at the TV because of something Kirk did, but like, I don't think I did that once today, so that was actually really nice. And I didn't see him get gun shy today, which is good. Mm-hmm. Wow. Perfect game from Kirk Cousins. And I, I actually think it's more about Kirk than Wes Phillips. I would give Wes Phillips a B plus. I thought the pre-snap motion was amazing this game. It made things that e- much easier for C- Kirk Cousins. And Cousins nailed it after that. But the pre-snap motion, the ability to always have those tight end check downs, you know, I would, I would love for it to be. Irv Smith instead of Ben Ellison. I would love it to be Dalvin Cook instead of C.J. Ham. But Kirk always had those safety release valves that he could rely upon. And that ultimately gave, you know, more confidence. So Wes Phillips did a really good job. Um, We'll see because it is going to get harder. And he is going to have to bring Irv Smith into the game plan. He is going to have to bring Adam Thielen maybe to be the primary option in some weeks because Justin Jefferson – Everybody in the NFL is going to see what Justin Jefferson did today and react to it. But well, Steve brings up the question. That's a good thing. Do you yeah. think the focus on JJ will cause tension 
amongst the other wide receivers involved. I mean, which wide receivers would be would be jealous or upset about it? Like Adam Thielen is going to game and he's going to grind and he's been part of Justin Jefferson's development. KJ Osborne was a team captain during his college career and he's had to have his own come up grinding for it. So like, what are you telling me that like Jalen Rieger is going to get jealous? I don't see what other wide receivers are going to be upset that and Justin Jefferson led us to victory. Yeah. Yes, right. they're they're going to be everybody. Everybody on that team knows the gritty. Kirk Kirk was doing it last mm-hmm. year, so just 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 wait for it. Wait for all the celebrations. All right, the defense, according to Justin, the defense front was killing it today. Uh, there was many times that uh, Harrison Phillips, I saw smack dab in the middle of the pile, yeah. not letting a uh, running back, and they had very good ones get, you know, more than a yard or two max. And then, of course, his stop on the goal line was just magnificent. The I don't know if you noticed, but that defensive front was mostly Harrison Phillips and Dalvin Tomlinson. And instead of a third defensive end, they brought in DJ Wanham or uh, Mr. Jones to fill that spot. And like I said, I, I – I thought they did rather well. My issue was with the edges, as I said earlier. So yeah, I'm, I'm quite pleased with how Ed Donatel schemed that particular part of the game up this week. Yeah, I thought uh, I, Dalvin I, Tomlinson ahead, especially. Getting, I thought Dalvin Tomlinson especially was getting a lot of pressure too. Um, but yeah, like in the interior, there was just a lot of chaos, and Zadarius lining up in their help too. Mm-hmm. And he, I'm a, and did you notice at the beginning of the game, Zadarius and Hunter were both jumping around constantly? Oh, that had to drive the center and the, you know, the tackles absolutely bananas when they're seeing yeah. their guy moving from the outside yeah. shoulder to the inside shoulder back and forth. Mm-hmm. This is where I get a little reserved because, you know, all offseason Vikings fans have told me it's about culture. It's about attitude. We have the right culture now. We have the right attitude now. And I'm probably reading a little bit too into it, but it's like the question I asked Nishka earlier. Like, when you have a wide receiver drop that pass, which happened for the Packers, and you have your star quarterback react like that, there was a cultural issue on on, on the Green Bay side of the ball today. Mm-hmm. And you saw the body language going into halftime from Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And... That is something where I don't think we're going to get that from other teams. I think we're going to get a, a much fiercer punch back. Sure, we, we, I have confidence that Kevin O'Connell, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, we can throw that first punch consistently. But I do think we're going to get harder punch backs from other teams as the season goes on. They're not going to lay down like that pouty bitch Aaron Rodgers laid down today. So... I'm not going to say that Green Bay, you know, that our defense did great. I saw some issues, like I said, with Jordan Hicks. I would have liked Daniel Hunter to, to dominate some more. Mm-hmm. Patrick Peterson got burned. We we still have some issues in the secondary, and that will need to grow over time. I'm fine with watching that happen, but I'm not going to sit here today, tonight on September 11th, and say our defense has arrived because yeah. I want to see them do Bruce. some more. Uh, yeah, I want to see them grow some more against some more motivated opponents 
and, and you know, earn it when they're on the road, those types of situations. Yeah. And on that note, I think, um, especially because of how young the secondary is, all of the guys that just have never really played together. And then the, both of the rookies, the first two picks are both hurt. Um, I don't think either is serious, but I mean, they are hurt. So just like with all of that, uh, the Packers didn't have a single receiver that truly tested any of them today. Like, yeah, Christian Watson burned Pat P once, but like other than that, we truly don't know how good the secondary is. And I'm sure um, like next week itself is going to be a great test with Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. AJ Brown went off yeah. today. Um, yeah. So I think that that's more of a litmus test than what Green Bay was today because we didn't really learn anything about our secondary that I don't think we already knew. Um, I'm, I think um, overall they played more fierce than I've seen the defense be the last two years. I just feel like half of the time it just didn't feel like the effort was there um, the past couple years. So, I mean, Zadarius, a lot of the new guys probably helped with that too. But um, it, it's I feel like if it's a middle-of-the-pack defense by, like, midseason, I, I would be completely pleased with that. I'm not expecting anything more. I feel like that's, like, a fine expectation. Wow. Larry's <laughs> talking about this offense needs to go uh, no huddle all the time. Oof. All the time it gets hard. You can mix it in every once in a while, and that's actually better. But I, I, I agree with Larry. They'd be unstoppable. They need to push the limits of what they can be. Well, that's what year. I wanted to see today. I wanted to see them boat race it, put the, you know, the foot on the pedal all the way to the floor and boat race it to thirty-five points. They didn't. Turn twenty-three points wasn't enough for you, Dave. No, twenty-three wasn't more. enough. I want more. I want 35. I want 35 a game. I want to compare this to the 98 team or the greatest show on turf. And that's that's the level I would love to absolutely see as we cruise into the playoffs. Wow. Cruise into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. This, man <laughs> said, this man said cruise into the playoffs. Hey, that's how I feel. I mean – like, could you truly, just with everything we've seen, super small sample size, week one overreactions, all of that, but are there really seven better teams in the NFC? I'm not going to count think. the teams because some of them haven't even played yet, but like... That's true. Like San the Francisco was play. considered one of the best ones. They lost today. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let, let's, just go week, let's just go week two. Monday night football in Philadelphia. Did they play well enough tonight to make you think that the Vikings are going to be 2 and 0? That's going to be a closer yeah. game. Oh, it is. Okay. But I mean, we're a little I'm hesitant. Watching. We're hesitant. But yes, now. I do believe they can well, win. Well, okay. On that note, I watched the Philadelphia game, and I mean, they gave up 35 to that offense so i i thought that defense was very very underwhelming today um so and the whole i mean the justin jefferson revenge arc that's gonna be fun i I think he's gonna go absolutely bonkers like just possibly more than today i don't know or maybe this is the new norm for him um but i'm i think the storylines on that game are gonna be really good i think that that game is gonna be a much better test for our defense but i expect the offense to go pretty just go i 30 points, hopefully. I mean, if the, they didn't play well today, maybe Philadelphia is better next week. But they, today, if you want to base it off of what they look like today, that defense was not good. 
Broncos. Dave? I, it's, I'm, I didn't see the Philly game. I watched the San Francisco-Chicago <laughs> game. So, God, that um, was terrible. I switched would, out of that one after halftime. I was like, I can't do this and anymore. And that field was an absolute. The turf held up, but the field, the field was a yeah. mess. Yeah. Well, I am going to take it one week at a time. I know I have at the end of the game today. I know we can count on Justin Jefferson, Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins. I'm not going to say we can count on him, but I feel like the play caller, Wes Phillips and Kevin O'Connell, can bring the best out of him. And then I know that all of our veteran defenders are working well in this new system. Harrison Smith, Daniel Hunter, Eric Kendricks all made plays, and it was so cool to see that happen. So next week is going to be harder than this week. I I think we should all admit that, and I know we were playing the reigning MVP this week. I know it was the first game of the season. Kevin O'Connell hasn't called plays in – a decade, but next week we're going on the road on prime time, and we're going to have to be even better than we were today. So I'm not going to call us top seven. If they win that game, I'll call us top seven. You heard it here, Tanishka. I promise you. We'll be back maybe next Monday. I'll, yeah, maybe we need to make a bet about it, but it was a great <laughs> start, and I know everybody enjoyed this game. I was hooting and hollering. Two, I got two cherries. Dave knows about the cherries. <laughs> I got two cherries in this drink. Let's go. Um, I'm assuming it's a Manhattan. I don't know what this is, but it tastes good. Okay. It's like that victory today. Well, we just look forward to Monday night when we play the Eagles. We also go look forward to Nishka. You're going to publish first time in a long time at Zone Coverage? Yep. We'll look at matchups versus the Eagles this week. There's going to be a lot. A lot of storylines there. Okay. Make sure you post the links out on Twitter for all of us to share so we can get your work highlighted. Yep. Flip. Tuesday night. Vikings hot takes. Still unknown at this time. We might have to get a substitute and uh, get Eric. I literally just gave you all my hot takes. I don't got any more hot (laughs) takes. I'm sure how many hot takes can one person hold? Or something, and then I was. If y'all just send me at Flip Mozzie on Twitter, send me all of the Packers excuses this week. (laughs) If you follow a Packers account or if you see something that's just hilarious, I'm only on Twitter for the humor. So send it to me, Carl (laughs) Garbschmidt or Peter Bukowski. In a little bit. Send Tanishka's going to be sending me, and I'm going to be on Twitter commenting because this win was both great and hilarious. They're going to be oh, crying yeah. all week long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, they will. I do have some bookmarks I need to go through, so I'm going to eat dinner and do that. <laughs> um, we have the second Tyler- round draft pick dropped the pass on the first play of the game. It's like worse than Troy Williamson over there. <laughs> Especially how much they all talked about how they won that trade with us because they got Christian Watson. He was this great player when that happened. Yep. Monday, we have Tyler Fornis and the Real Forno Show. Tuesday, maybe on Vikings Hot Takes. Wednesday, we have Vikings Happy Hour. And then we'll go into Saturday with two old bloggers this week, Darren and I. I appreciate you guys watching 
yesterday's show. There's a lot of the keys to the game that we nailed, like making Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable. I, I love it. I'm going to smile the rest of this week over that. So with that, what do we say, guys? Skull Vikes. Skull Vikes. Skull Vikes. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, the Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found, and to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. This has been a Climbing the Pocket and SB Nation's Daily Norseman broadcast. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.